The views expressed on ExoPolitics Radio with Alfred Weber are those of Alfred Weber and not specifically those of 1480 KPHX or our sponsors. Well, welcome back. This is ExoPolitics Radio, KPHX Phoenix, 1480 AM, Nova M Radio Network, 1480kphx.com. Our audio archives, which again are going through the roof, are at www.exopoliticsradio.com. I'm your host, Alfred Weber. ExoPolitics Radio is turning into a phenom. And our mission, we are deprogramming the 60-plus years of official Central Intelligence Agency disinformation, propaganda, and brainwashing paid for by U.S. taxpayer funds. Now, I want to let you know that Exopolitics Radio is now, and we have the official statistics, is now heard in by listeners in 24 nations, and I want to list them. United States, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, Germany, Netherlands, Sweden, Finland, Norway, Japan, New Zealand, France, Spain, Italy, Czech Republic, Hungary, Denmark, Belgium, Romania, Switzerland, Australia, Portugal, Vietnam, and Israel. So we are breaking through the multi dimensional barriers there and we are engaged in deprogramming the CIA propaganda which they used or misused US taxpayer dollars with over the last 60 years and bringing you the reality of the exopolitics model which is that we live in a populated universe populated by advanced ethical civilizations operating under universal law with their own governance systems mediated by universe politics and we on earth are just coming to this realization. Stay tuned for a unique program on the new humans and the attempted war against the star kids and the extraterrestrials. I'm your host Alfred Weber on Exopolitics Radio. Please stay tuned. Welcome back. This is Exopolitics Radio. I'm your host, Alfred Weber, and this is another official Exopolitics commentary on the new humans, the attempted war against the star kids and the extraterrestrials. And this commentary is inspired by the uh, interview with this week's guest, Dr. Richard Boyland, and also the research of Australian researcher Mary Rodwell that you can reach at her website www.maryrodwell.com and her very unique paper The New Humans that we've posted at the resource website exopolitics.com www.exopolitics.com and that is that what we're experiencing 
here on Earth now is a human upgrade program orchestrated by extraterrestrial contact. And Mary goes into the evidence and the implications for this. You've heard the term indicos, you've heard the term star kids, crystal children. Well, to quote Tracy Taylor, an experiencer, a new race of human beings has emerged. While superficially they're undistinguishable, however, they are part of the new wave of bringers of light to assist humanity with the awakening of terrestrial consciousness. Human beings are awakening to their innate connection to the universe. This is the primary role for all the new children coming to planet Earth. And that's Tracy Taylor, herself an experiencer who has been uh, studied and interacted with by Australian researcher Mary Rodwell. Some of the researchers estimate that as many as between 85 and 90, perhaps 90 percent and perhaps upwards of all new infants born into our planet at this time can qualify as indigos or star children or crystal children. The profiles of the indigo children share the same attributes or are strikingly similar. They, I'm, I'm quoting from Mary Rodwell's paper, The New Humans, which you can read at www.exopolitics.com. They are highly intelligent, creative, psychic, telepathic, and possess healing and clairvoyant abilities. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Podiatry surgeon Dr. Roger Lear is renowned in ufology for his pioneering surgery, removing alleged alien implants in his autobiographical book, The Aliens in the Scapel. Dr. Lear included the phenomenon of star children in his research. He writes, quote, I believe that any mother that looks at a recently born child in comparison with children born 20 years ago will testify there's a tremendous difference. Some look upon the difference in the new humans and say they have to do more with better prenatal care, etc. In my opinion, this supposition is nonsense. And in the light of my more recent studies and exposure to the abduction phenomenon, I have come to the conclusion that the rapid advancement of our human species is due to alien intervention in our bodies and minds. Dr. Lear has based his statement not only on research into alien implants, but from his observations of children. Comparing today's statistics on the developmental stages in young children to 40 years ago, when such records and studies began, he discovered that the level of psychological functioning in some cases has increased by as much as 80%. The question is, how could this happen? Dr. Lear says, quote, I suggest that the answer involves alien manipulation of human genetics. That's from his book, The Aliens and the Scapel, page 192. So let's look at the star child qualities. And this is from the research of Mary Rodwell and also Dr. Richard Boylan, our interview guest today. They're highly intelligent often very creative, developmentally advanced in reading, walking, and talking, psychic with psychic and intuitive abilities, multidimensional awareness. They receive a broader range of reality. They have telepathic abilities. They sense and feel energies from people or other living things, i.e. aura reading, telekinesis, moving objects with their mind and energy and thought, awareness of scientific, historical, 
anthropological and spiritual knowledge not consciously learned. These are sometimes called knowledge bombs. They have awareness of past lives. They're extremely empathetic to all creatures, not just humans, but animals and plants. They can communicate with the unseen worlds, spirits and angels. They have multidimensional healing abilities. They manifest unusual artwork, languages and scripts. They experience dreams where they are being taught how to use their high sensibilities on spacecraft. Dual consciousness. They are feeling part human and part extraterrestrial, and they have a sense of mission or higher purpose. Now, let's see what researcher Mary Rodwell says. She says, recent genetic research could qualify the startling revelation that Dr. Lear says when he suggests that the answer to the as much as 80% higher psychological functioning based on statistics in developmental stages in young children compared to 40 years ago. She says recent genetic research could qualify this startling revelation. There are unexplainable anomalies in our genetic history, and in 2003 it was discovered that 223 genes do not have the required predecessors on our genomic evolutionary tree. These extra genes are completely missing in the invertebrate phase. Therefore, scientists can only explain their presence as recent in evolutionary timescale and comment that this was not through gradual evolution vertically on the tree of life, but horizontally as a sideways insertion of genetic material. Significantly, these 223 genes are two-thirds the difference between the chimpanzee and homo sapiens and include important psychological and psychiatric functions. How did humanity acquire these enigmatic genes? Dr. Lear and other researchers believe the answer may well be extraterrestrial genetic intervention. Well, that's kind of the research base that is the introduction and provides the framework for today's interview. And what today's interview has to do with a whistleblower revelation by a very courageous American U.S. military intelligence family of a father and two sons who are lifelong career military in sort of the special forces type uh, rangers, uh, U.S. Air Force special forces type elite military cadre who have decided to come forward. And the father is going to whistleblow on the secret war against extraterrestrials that has to do with assassinations that are being carried out by on the orders of the U.S. government of secret contained executive command and control units deep within the bowels, and I use that term advisedly, of the U.S. national security state that are carrying out assassinations against peaceful extraterrestrials that are living peaceful lives amongst us. And secondly, we're going to find out even more 
perniciously, as reported by the two sons, who are, again, whistleblowing. And this is a career U.S. Armed Forces family that is coming forward with much to lose. There was an assassination attempt against the father as a result of his coming forward with this information. And it may be that his sons are similarly in jeopardy. And these are this is a family that is career and is in the high elite of the special forces and it is clear that the both of the sons would qualify within the indigo category that is that if they took the psychological functioning tests they would qualify along the high psychological functioning levels and because all of these indices according to the studies and according to the researchers that study the indigo phenomenon and the star children phenomenon. And according to Dr. Lear's research, it is probable that these two young sons who are in their mid-20s in that kind of generation are indigos and hence are products of the human upgrade program orchestrated by extraterrestrial contact. And the reason why the extraterrestrials are upgrading humans to become more multidimensional capable and all of those qualities that we mentioned highly intelligent highly creative with psychic intuitive abilities and a sense of mission or or higher purpose is to aid in the evolution of our planet away from the permanent war economy and toward a sense of oneness and toward a sense of sustainability of our planet where we take care of our planet and we acknowledge that this is all one human race, one planet, one people. And nevertheless, what the sons and the fathers are going to reveal as you listen to this interview is that the U.S. Armed Forces quite different from the propaganda that the CIA has put out as U.S. taxpayer expense over the last 60 years in which they've poo-pooed, you know, and made ridicule that there is no extraterrestrial presence in which they've ridiculed all parapsychological research and psychical abilities, quite the contrary, what the U.S. Special Forces now are recruiting is that they're precisely identifying and recruiting indigos and star kids. But they're doing so perversely. They're recruiting them in order to recruit them as assassins in the war against the peaceful, friendly extraterrestrials. They're trying to turn those humans which in the extraterrestrials enlightened program to try to bring our humanity out of our obsession with war, disease, crime, and poverty, and, uh, you know, a planet of eternal conflict. The U.S. government and the U.S. military and those parties that have brought you, you know, everything from the war in Vietnam to the war in Iraq to the war in Afghanistan to depleted uranium to George W. Bush and Richard Cheney, those pure excuses for human beings who are war criminals in office, who are degrading the Constitution of the United States. They are now trying to recruit star kids and indigos by knowing what their profiles are and to brainwash them 
knowing that they have higher abilities to turn against the very extraterrestrial races who have been engaged using their higher abilities to upgrade humanity, to bring us out of the depths of the lower beingness that humanity has been stuck for these centuries of the permanent war economy. So the purpose of this official exopolitics commentary is to bring to your attention the scientific research surrounding the existence of indigos and star kids, which are, you know, the babies running around in your living room and your school age and teenage and, you know, 20 year old children and know that these beautiful young children are brought to you thanks to the well-meaning, ethical, advanced extraterrestrial civilizations that your government perversely using and misusing your tax dollars, namely the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency, the U.S. Department of Defense, the NSA, the National Security Agency, the National Reconnaissance Organization, all misusing U.S. tax dollars to carry out a war against extraterrestrial civilizations who are here to try to upgrade us. So therefore, it's incumbent upon you to reach out to the U.S. presidential candidates and demand that they take a stand. Now, we're not going to mention names because in season two, that's where we're going after the U.S. presidential candidates to bring them on to Exopolitics Radio. We've already had one candidate who says, oh, I don't want to go there. I don't want to take a chance and mention extraterrestrials because it might spoil my candidacy. Well, I have to say that President Jimmy Carter in 1976 took a stand and he said that if he came into office, he would release the files on UFOs and extraterrestrials. And following his electoral victory, he won because he took that stand. And he did attempt to do that. And there was a fierce infighting, and in later exopolitics radio shows will tell you a bit about that. So we're going to be going to all the Democratic, Republican, Green Party, and other party candidates and asking the U.S. presidents to come forward and to, you know, if they want that office, they're going to have to, you know, we're going to put their feet to the fire, and they're going to have to step up to the plate to mix the metaphors. But it's going to be up to you, the listeners of exopolitics radio, of KPHX, of Nova M Radio, to get out there and to bring them home. This is where exopolitics meets politics and the rubber meets the road. This is Alfred Weber with another official exopolitics radio commentary. Thank you and please stay tuned for our special guest, Dr. Richard Boylan on Exopolitics Radio. Politics Radio, KPHX Phoenix, 1480 AM, Nova M Radio, 1480kphx.com. Our audio archives are located at www 
www.exopoliticsradio.com. I'm your host, Alfred Weber. And today we have a very special guest, Dr. Richard Boylan, Ph.D. Uh, Dr. Boylan is a behavioral scientist, an exoanthropologist, an emeritus uh, university associate professor, a certified clinical hypnotherapist, consultant, and researcher. And he provides hypnotherapy for recalling full details of partially remembered close encounters with what he's termed star visitors and uh, for exploring previous life experiences stored in subconscious memory. His career has spanned four decades of service as a social worker, retired psychologist, clinical hypnotherapist, clergyman, retired school administrator, and clinical administrator. He served as a lecturer at California State University, Sacramento, University of California, Davis, National University, Chapman University, and Sierra College. Since 1989, Dr. Boylan has conducted research into human encounters with the star visitors. This has led to his current focus working with star kids. He has created the Star Kids Project Limited and is working at outreach to these hybrid children with advanced abilities in their families, raising consciousness about star seed heritage, educating these children and parents about advanced abilities and their proper use, informing the public about this new cosmic generation. He has presented papers on his research at, among other conferences, the 1992 MIT Abduction Study Conference, the 1995 Cosmic Cultures International Conference at Washington, D.C. He is the author of three books, Closer Extraterrestrial Encounters, 1994, Labor Journey to the Stars, 1996, and Project Epiphany. He is currently writing a fourth book, Star Kids, and has over 50 articles published. Welcome, Dr. Boylan. My pleasure, Alfred. Thank you. Yes, well, you know, I was wondering, could you start off by defining one of these terms or some of these terms that those of us in the listening audience may not be totally familiar with, and those are terms like star seed and star kids. All right, I'm happy to do that. The situation with the human uh, development in the current time is such that we have to use a little new vocabulary to be uh, up-to-date and, and comprehensive. In the last several decades, there's been an inpouring of uh, much more highly advanced uh, children, and I've coined the label star kids to describe them. Others have noticed them, too, and uh, several other terms are floating about, but I think star kids does the best job of describing these kids because they are uh, quite advanced, have double handfuls of psychic abilities, uh, tend to grow up faster, tend to age more slowly, are brighter, tend to information process in new and novel ways. They communicate with each other in non-traditional ways, sometimes by mental telepathy, sometimes by feeding each other's uh, energy fields approaching. So not to go too long into that, suffice to say that these kids are not just... Uh, uh, another batch of the same old, same old. Obviously, kids grow up, and, and there have been enough star kids around to have reached adulthood, and in some fewer cases, even uh, senior citizen status. And so we uh, obviously had to use an adult term, and star seed or star seed adult is the adult equivalent of what I've just described about star kids. A star visitor is a respectful term for persons from other star systems. The common term alien has, is alienating and, frankly, was uh, 
developed along with some other uh, semantically negatively loaded uh, vocabulary by the people who brought you the UFO cover-up to make the very attempt to describe that phenomenon off-putting. So I prefer Star Visitor to Alien or Extraterrestrial or some other arm's length kind of language. Right. Now, having said that, you recently published a very interesting article that that involves star seeds and star kids. Uh, You said, uh, rarely do star seeds and star kids get an inside glimpse at how the cabal make use of the secrecy and classification within military and intelligent units to exploit government units to do their work. I wonder if you could define just a couple of more terms for us. One is the term cabal. Uh, the cabal is a uh, term, uh, the dictionary will tell you, it refers to a secret group uh, that goes about behind the scenes doing their uh, own agenda. When I use it with a capital C, I'm referring to what some people call the shadow government or the Illuminati or the Third World Order. To be quite specific, it's a uh, group headed by a global clack of uh, geoplutocrats, uh, super wealthy uh, folks that uh, like to think they're running the world and in some ways do a fair job of giving that impression. And uh, their lackeys uh, who radiate out and are well-placed within government, military intelligence organizations, uh, public media, uh, the university scientific uh, community, and other places where they can influence uh, and uh, exert control, often in uh, subtle and quite sophisticated ways. Not to get off course here, but, but just to let people know that the workings of the cabal are quite dangerous. Well, you recently issued a report White Hats versus Cabal inside the U.S. intelligence community. And I wondered if you could just um, begin to unfold that for us here. I I know that people will be quite amazed at the uh, levels of information that you've been able to access. This is a gift from insiders, very high inside the intelligence community, who were so appalled by the things that they were asked to get involved in that they felt it was necessary to go public because an informed public makes it harder for these kind of things to go on without check. And I I know that insiders in military and intelligence and and the government do uh, prowl the Internet and my information uh, list in particular, and and so they knew that this uh, revelation would get back to the good guys, the white hats as I call them, uh, borrowing an image from the old Western movies of the white hats were the good guys and the black hats were worn by the bad guys. Uh, so that it would get back to the white hats and government and they would be on the lookout for these uh, cabal infiltrators and, and bring their little programs up short. So here it is, folks. This, uh, I'm afraid for newcomers, is going to be a giant jump from whether UFOs are real to uh, espionage and uh, cabal hijinks at a level that would make the American television program 24 look like a kindergarten play. This Green Beret colonel contacted me his initiative, not mine, and uh, introduced himself and gave me some background on him and uh, told me that he had some things to say. And, boy, is that an understatement. Uh, he, till very recently, worked for the National Security Agency, the largest intelligence organization probably in the world, Till he quit in disgust a little over a year ago in 
He then proceeded to tell me the background of why he quit in disgust. This colonel worked his way up for many years. Uh, they don't give you a colonel uh, on your first year of duty, to put it mildly. And he was really into his uh, middle age years. And during the years 2000 to 2005, he worked for the NSA third echelon after moving up from Army Green Beret Special Forces uh, assignments. During the last months of his NSA work, he was given a very special assignment. He was told he was going to be in charge of a 53-man training platoon in Nevada at an area that uh, is now infamously known as Area 51. He would have the finest of the finest of special forces uh, filtered up for this special training platoon. It was called Task Force Whitetail, and the mission, special mission that he and this platoon would have was labeled Operation Stargazer. The nature of the training he was in charge of was counter-operations in urban settings and dealing with uh, star visitors at close proximity. These special forces were all screened because they had telepathic and other psychic abilities in addition to military training and finesse. And uh, these, these would be the uh, U.S. Uh, military's equivalent of what in the Star Wars movies were called Jedi Knights, able to operate across a wide spectrum of uh, capabilities. They were taught how to do incoming telepathic communication, mental imagery sending, and how to deal with the visitors when they uh, cloaked their actual appearance in, in different guise, for example, as a ordinary-looking uh, serviceman in uniform. The training also involved function and using of special weapons that were uh, engineered to deal with the star visitors, either to subdue them or paralyze them or, in some extreme cases, kill them. The training also encompassed dealing with star seed adults and star kids who also have plentiful psychic and other paranormal abilities. The task force training uh, involved how to uh, dissemble and throw off the star kids who were able to read the special forces operatives, but to uh, cloud their minds and, and uh, send off counter-psychic signals that would confuse the star kid or star seed adult, and even to use uh, special electromagnetic uh, psychotronic weapons to uh, break their will down and, and interrogate them. The training also involved how not to get sucked in by the star kids and star seeds who are attractive uh, interesting, fun personalities uh, of great charm and uh, to uh, steal them against that and uh, not be wooed by them. And it is pretty clear that the implications of this are that the uh, task force that the colonel was asked to oversee was for the day when the uh, UFO cover-up comes apart and it's going to be necessary to round up star seeds who could cause the cabal some trouble and also to take care of any star visitors who are on the ground at that point. The cabal intends to keep control of Earth whether or not the UFO cover-up falls apart, whether or not the star visitors uh, start to appear publicly, and they are training these super soldiers to help them do that. Well, Colonel Shadow uh, went along with the training, and uh, some of what I said wasn't apparent to him when he 
organize and supervise the training, but his superior officer kept getting asked by him, what is this really all about, you know? Are these just empty exercises? What's the ultimate purpose? And he pushed hard enough till he found out the answer. Once he found out it was about controlling and subduing star seeds and, and star visitors from afar, he uh, lost any stomach for being further involved in any such enterprise, and he resigned from the NSA and went into civilian life. His action earned him enough ill will uh, from the cabal that he not only had to go into civilian life, but go into cover. And that's why he does not want his name used. Well, you also go on to mention one of his sons, his older son, Ghost. Yes, he has two sons. Uh, Ghost is the name for the older son, and the younger boy is called uh, sting for purposes of protecting their identities. After the colonel and I had dialogued, uh, several days went by and Ghost decided he could trust me and started to uh, contact me and share his own experience, which uh, I will assure you is equally hair-raising. In fact, all three boys uh, had plenty to say. Ghost is a major in the uh, military and uh, Delta Force, which uh, is the Green Berets, what Green Berets are to uh, regular soldiers. He's West Point, ex-airborne, and uh, he's an extremely talented and well-respected member of the uh, Army and now Special Forces Command. He uh, tells me that he and uh, his brother are uh, trying to use their position way inside the intelligence community to determine who are the good guys and who are the uh, cabal infiltrators within the sensitive intelligence unit they're in, and then uh, to uh, push out the cabal types in other situations where that's not so easy to do, then to deny the cabal certain agents that they've been using and giving uh, false impressions to to do their dirty work for them, as a result of which uh, some of these NSA agents, uh, once they found out that the assignments they were getting were really cabal dirty work, uh, disappeared, went uh, overseas and, and developed a new identity and left the radar screen, as they say. And so the cabal can no longer count on these people to do its dirty work. And as uh, Ghost says, it takes many years to train a good agent, and uh, uh, you can't just replace them off the shelf. Uh, and so uh, these boys are doing their share to deny the cabal some of the uh, extremely uh, talented uh, intelligence and uh, operations personnel that they've enjoyed having access to in the past. He uh, told me about a situation where there was a uh, briefing where a cabal military officer was present, and there was also somebody that he uh, took to be a star visitor because this person looked extremely odd. There's no way you would confuse him for a regular human being. So uh, Ghost, however, picked up something about this that wasn't right, and so he contacted me, and I contacted one of the counselors of the star nations, and that individual told me that uh, what... Ghost was dealing with in that meeting, the so-called star visitor that was giving the briefing was actually a human uh, hybrid made by the cabal using uh, a few uh, star visitor genetics to give an odd look to him, but still mostly human and therefore subject to manipulation and mind control by the cabal, and that's why this individual was playing Patsy with the cabal 
military officer in this briefing. So uh, the level of deception the cabal is ratcheting up is, is intense, but these boys are on their game and, and sniffing this stuff out. Sting is uh, in his 20s, and yet he's already reached the uh, rank of captain and is in uh, the elite uh, special forces branch uh, of uh, military and, and with uh, D.D. White into a secret uh, intelligence organization. He is a graduate of Air Force Academy, served for a while in the Air Force Office of Special Intelligence, and then went into special operations. From there, moved to uh, the Special uh, Intelligence Unit. He, again, had a story about what incident that was so disturbing to him that he uh, had to leave the Air Force Office of Special Intelligence, and he went into some detail to describe his uh, assignment that brought him up short. His uh, training, I should start everything out by saying, uh, in the Office of Special Investigations or Special Intelligence, uh, includes orientation to the star visitors. They don't call them that. They call them aliens for propaganda purposes. And uh, gives these recruits are told that uh, there's a history of hostile relations with the star visitors. That is false, but they're told that so that they'll be willing to bear arms against them. And he took that, I, I suppose, as a star seed with a grain of salt. Uh, anyway, uh, he took on many dangerous and difficult assignments all over the globe in his position, but one really made him decide he'd reached the end of the road. He received an assignment to uh, travel to Germany, and he was told to find a man who was described in uh, general terms as a danger to U.S. intelligence. He wasn't told anything more than that. So he used the information he was given about this person, and uh, he found the man one night. It was kind of dark, but he, he uh, lined it up and fired a fatal shot at the uh, individual. After that, he went closer to the dead man on the ground, and he noticed some strange things. The thing that most struck him was that the uh, dead man's pupils dilated enormously after he died, causing his somewhat larger than human eyes to become all black. This obviously is not something that happens to humans when we die. Also, he noticed that the man had no hair, not even facial stubble, that his skin was pale, and that it reflected light in a way different than human skin does. This man was very slender with absolutely no body fat. He was unusually tall. Putting all of these things together, Sting quickly realized that the man was a star visitor, and then he felt that he had messed up badly because he thought he was taking down an enemy agent. Instead, he had killed a person from the stars. So we left Air Force Office of Special Investigations and joined another military intelligence uh, organization. And while he was in this special organization, he became aware of another organization that was working in the same area. The uh, rumored uh, name for this other organization is Clandestine Knights, and Sting felt that the Clandestine Knights mission was unusual enough and important enough that he wanted word to get out about it. The Clandestine Knights unit was created in June of 06. It's made up of five teams, each having 10 persons in them. These are super elite special forces operators, men and women from all the already existing special operation branches of the military, Army, Navy, uh, Marine, um, Air Force. But this is the cream of even that cream of the crop. And they were brought together in this unit. And Sting learned that the 
Clandestine Nights Unit is an experiment that is being closely watched by the Pentagon. One half of the people in it are starseeds who are aware they are starseeds. And the other half of these super performers are starseeds who are not aware of, that they are starseeds. The experiment which the Pentagon is conducting is to determine the degree to which being aware of your starseed identity makes a difference in the performance of these special operations uh, soldiers in comparison with the uh, starseeds who are not aware that they are starseeds. Right. Now, also, you write, and I'm sure that man, many of our listeners are wondering that if, if the colonel is former NSA, you know, and his sons, one of them is in uh, active duty, what sort of risks are they taking? I mean, uh, they seem to be acting at a very high degree of personal risk as well as a high degree of personal integrity. Oh, yes. There's no question that these uh, gentlemen have taken... Uh, literally risk their lives to get this information out. Some retaliation has already come back on them. Colonel Shadow at a uh, bank account he had overseas uh, wiped out by the cabal, and at the same time they used their connections to find out his uh, credit card number and used it to run tens of thousands of dollars a bill on his card falsely. But things got even more serious than that. Several days uh, after he called me, he was coming home from town one night and he ran into a fake roadblock. It's supposed to be an official police roadblock, but it was not that. It was uh, set up and there was an attempted assassination. He uh, probably used some of his uh, starseed abilities to uh, evade. Uh, the darkness helped too. He uh, got out of his vehicle, uh, pushed the uh, fasten aside and, and ran down a hill and, and got away with uh, a leg wound as the worst thing that happened to him. You may be sure that the Kowal's uh, orders were that he was to be finished and not just injured. But he uh, very deftly uh, got out of out of that situation, but not for lack of trying on the Kowal's part. So these men uh, know that they're playing for keeps when they uh, reveal these extreme sensitive uh, secrets that uh, are in the right of the public to know because the Kowal are misusing military and intelligence assets of the government for evil purposes, and this needs to be exposed. We worry about Carl Rove and some of the White House misadventures with uh, the identity of the CIA agents. What the colonel is dealing with are enormously greater secrets that uh, need to come to light and be pursued and the danger eliminated that the cabal poses with their operations. Right. Well, you know, we've come to almost the end. We have only a couple of minutes left in this enormously interesting segment, and I know it's difficult to ask you this. Could you sum up, and we'd like to ask you, where do you think this is all headed? That is, where are we headed in human-extraterrestrial relations in the near-term future? Well, that's the next book I'm writing right now on star nations and humans, uh, our past uh, secret present and near future. To speak to the near future component, we are at the teeter-totter point. If we don't blow ourselves up as a planet, if we don't pollute ourselves to death, if we do get the cabal under control and shoved out of positions of power where they're leading us in paths of madness, uh, things like continued reliance on petroleum when there's perfectly clean alternatives, if we do clean up our society, then the star business are prepared to come down and not only put on a trench coat and sunglasses and 
uh, walk among us uh, in the, unnoticed, but they're prepared to come out in public and uh, say we're here and know that they're not going to get a panicked response and uh, trade, uh, well, mostly uh, give us information and uh, help us advance to our highest and best potential as an intelligent society. Uh, that is their hope for us. They don't want to overwhelm us, but they're still certainly willing to help coach us and uh, encourage us. And I think that is the most likely scenario of the near future. Okay. Well, thank you for that encouraging vision. We've been with Dr. Richard J. Boylan. He's a Ph.D. behavioral scientist and exoanthropologist, uh, an emeritus university associate professor, certified clinical hypnotherapist, consultant, and researcher. His website is www.drboylan.com. And we want to thank you for being with us, Dr. Boylan. This is Exopolitics Radio, KPHX Phoenix, 1480 AM, Nova M Radio, www.1480kphx.com. Visit our audio archives at www.exopoliticsradio.com. I'm your host, Alfred Weber. Please stay tuned. Welcome back. This is Exopolitics Radio. I'm your host, Alfred Weber. Well, this is another enlightening Exopolitics Radio episode. I think that it's clear that we have to enable these star children to help us. That is why the advanced ethical extraterrestrial civilizations have intervened to upgrade our psychological and our general capability, our universe functioning, and help bring these star children into being. And we have to enable them to help us so that our civilization and our planet can make it through these transitional periods and survive and flourish as one planet and one people on the other side. We cannot, cannot, absolutely cannot allow our indigos, our star children, our precious youth to be forced, brainwashed, and enrolled in war as assassins, no matter, you know, called special forces or whatever, by this psychopathic organization known as the U.S. Department of Defense. And so to end on a note of lightness, Please enroll and enable the star children, the indigos, the crystal children in your life, in your family, in your friends, in your schools, in your workplace to help us and empower them to help the human race to bring this planet through in survival and light and life. Exopolitics Radio is produced by Phoenix Productions in conjunction with 1480. KPHX Progressive Talks Phoenix and the Nova M Network. 
Executive Producer Richard Romero Sr., Director R.V. Romero, Producer and Editor Chris Romero. I'm your host, Alfred Weber, wishing you a wonderful, miracle-filled, indigo, and star children, crystal children, filled, enabled, day, week, and life. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Romero, Executive Producer of Exopolitics Radio. On behalf of Nova M Radio, KPHX 1480, and Phoenix Productions, we extend to Alfred Weber a very happy birthday. Feliz cumpleaños, mi amigo. Muchas vueltas felices.